This is F&I Talk Outside the Box with EFG Companies. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Motorist Assistance Plan, also called MAP. You'll learn more about how you can equip every customer with this valuable protection later in this episode. Hi, and welcome to F&I Talk Outside the Box. I'm your host, Victor de Blasi with EFG Companies, and today I'm having a conversation with our Senior Product Manager, and resident electrical engineer, Neelish Patel, about the three things dealers need to ask today to equip their dealerships with the necessary charging stations for an EV future. Welcome, Neelish. Hey, Victor. Uh, thanks for ha- having me on the show. Recently, I attended uh, NADA in, in Dallas, and, and one of the things that kind of stood out to me was they had this whole area blocked off of the show called the EV Symposium, where they talk about you know electric vehicles, how you should be prepared for EVs. And, and one of the key things that stood out to me was I kind of scanned the audience to see you know how many people actually were really laser-focused and engaged on, on EVs. And a lot of people look like deer in headlights, right? Like this look of, oh my God, EVs are really happening and really coming. And it kind of led me to think about three key points that dealers need to start considering. First is, if I was a dealership, I would probably be asking myself, what is my plan for EVs? It goes beyond traditional chargers. You need to start thinking about where does that electricity come from and figuring out how many chargers you're going to need, what kind of equipment are you going to need to put into your dealership, will the electric company provide this type of equipment to you, what's the lead time, you know, it could be somewhere two to three years out. Uh, I was thinking about uh, sources of power, right, where can we get them from, and and I know I was, you know, surprised to learn I'm kind of getting into this for the first time, there's more than one source of power, right, there's more than just the electric company. There's currently five options directly from the public grid supplied from a combination of public and renewable, which would be you putting solar panels in your dealership or off-grid renewable, off-grid with battery storage. Maybe we could talk through some of those things like, uh, you know, investing in a solar farm somewhere or potentially doing their own local renewable power to feed off to power some of these things. Especially if you live in a state that gives you credits for pushing power back into the grid. Like Texas doesn't give you credit, but other states do. Oil and yeah. gasoline here. We give you credit for that. You know, but but that's a huge thing, right? To, to your point is, if if I'm a dealer and I can invest in a solar farm, use what I need, and then push everything back into the system and get credits to recoup my investment in that solar farm faster, it's a win-win. It's a good point. This is a commercial level. Correct. A series of decisions, and, and the dealers definitely have a, a, a lot of decisions to make. I mean, the electric companies, the providers are an important factor in this. Also, the OEMs. Exactly. Yep. And that, can, that kind of leads me into point number two is, you know, dealers need to start asking what they don't know, not in, only in terms of to the electric providers, but also to the OEMs. I think uh, in traditional gasoline engines, if, if you're a dealer your interaction with the OEM may be with the district sales manager from the OEM. Now you have to really kind of dig into their product development team and their engineers, right? Figure out what are the best chargers that I need for your fleets that are coming to my lots. And also it brings up an interesting point is, you know, you think about geographic location of your dealership. Are you in an area that is affected by severe temperature swings, hot and cold? And what does that do to the batteries on the 
on the vehicles if they're left on the lots. Right. Do I need to come and charge them at a certain point? Yeah, the extreme temperatures definitely can have an effect on battery life yeah. and charging capacity. These are all things that the OEM engineering teams have already gone through and tested, and they have all the data. So you as a dealer should be able to tap into those existing resources and get all that information to you. That's a great point. That's a great point. I was thinking, too, back to sort of the uh, the electric provider, some of the the baseline infrastructure. It's really it's about make ready, right? It's about prepping your site. Ultimately, it's kind of what we're talking about. So how many charges do you need? So it's you know, there's a lot of other calculations. And I know that's part of part of your thought. Correct. Well. Yep. So think about it in in this terms, if if you're an, an electric provider and I'm the dealer and I come to you, Mr. Electric Provider, I need, you know, 10 chargers installed and I need this additional power. Well, you're going to sit back and think, okay, I'm about to invest um, like a couple million dollars of asset or capital in this asset to provide you with the additional power needed. What's my return on investment going to be, right? So you as a dealer should be prepared to answer those those types of questions to your electric provider saying, hey, I'm going to be charging my fleet during you know X period of day. Do I get a price break on a kilowatt if I'm charging off peak versus on peak? You know, and um, if if you invest a million dollars in a transformer, your your payback period is going to be X number of years. So basically, come up with a plan, business case. Talk to the electric provider. Say, hey, this is the business case. You know where it's going. And the the electric providers know that this is coming. Right. So you kind of want to be uh, in the forefront and have that first mover advantage. That makes sense. And and to take the, as you were saying, talk to the the key individuals at the OEM that can tell you the things you need to know about uh, capacity and some of those things you were talking about. When do you charge? What should you expect for fleet maintenance? Then you can share that with your electric provider and you're, you're way ahead of the game at that point. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, if I'm a dealer, I'd also ask questions about what percentage of your fleet do you see being converted to electric vehicles, right? And um, another thing is, traditionally, if my turnover time on, on vehicles is 20 to 45 days, what is that going to be for an EV? And what does that mean for charging? Sure. You know, can I just charge it once every X number of days and still expect it to be at a full capacity? Yeah. You've heard every objection in the book when selling a VSC. Just like Goldilocks and her porridge, your customers want that perfect fit. How can a perfect fit for them increase your dealership's bottom line by up to $1,800 per month? It's simple. With EFG's MAP, you can create a completely custom plan tailored exactly to the driving habits and budget of your customers. It's so easy to sell. With condensed coverage levels, expanded surcharges and deductibles, and terms in 2,500 mile increments. Give your customers exactly what they want to increase customer satisfaction and product penetration. Sign up for MAP today and prepare to take your F&I profitability to the next level. Go to efgcompanies.com for more details. Just looking at some research recently that was... Talking about things like, you know, average average price, different levels, there's levels of chargers and you're going back to your make sure yeah. you're tight with the OEM so you understand do I need level one, two, three, four, whatever it may be. There's different costs associated and it can be, you know, different numbers we've seen as you know, you can look this up, but it's anywhere from three or four thousand dollars up to 
10, 15,000 for maybe a level four charger. There's decisions like, do you want a wireless? And, you know, if you have wireless access, that allows you to do some of the things you're talking about, like allow people to charge or not charge and control access and just a whole other range of decisions that are, are part of this. You know, some of the existing charges, I think Tesla has recently been asked to uh, make available some of its charging network. Uh, I think the goal is to ultimately have 500,000 chargers uh, by 2030, is it? I, th- I think that number sounds about Something right. Something like that. 2030. Uh, but yeah. yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's it's interesting that, that you bring up uh, Tesla and opening up their, their network of superchargers. You know, one... One thing that people may or may may not know is that Tesla's charging connectors are completely different than the rest of the industry. And believe it or not, I think just late last year or early this year, the Society of Automotive Engineers have adopted a standard connection mechanism that's now interchangeable between OEMs, you know, and opening up this supercharger network by by Tesla may may need some retrofitting right because those chargers are adapters retrofitting something exactly yep so it's just like our cell phones my goodness well that's i mean if you think about it these evs are just cell phones on on wheels so true in so many ways software apps and a battery yeah i mean (laughs) lithium ion batteries in your cell phone versus lithium ion batteries in your vehicle you know we all complain about you know my phone doesn't stay charged long enough is that going to be the case for evs time will tell that's so true yep We've been talking about how dealers can and should get involved, start asking the key questions and try to benefit from this early adopter, you know, phase that we are still in. And, you know, one of the areas that any dealer can differentiate themselves, but especially here is with the the customer experience, especially maybe the vehicle delivery. What are your thoughts around, you know, some of the opportunities around electric vehicle customer deliveries that dealers can take advantage of? Yeah, uh, that's a good point that you bring up, uh, Victor. I think one of the key things that dealers should be focused on is how this vehicle fits into the consumer's life, right? So do they plan on having one electric vehicle throughout the entire family, or are they potentially planning on more? Because this all plays into how many chargers you need, what type of charging requirements at home you need, because... And if I you was need to de- train in the family, right? Correct. I mean, you might yeah. ask. Like if some I was a dealer drivers. and I sold somebody an electric car and I told them, okay, have, have fun and enjoy your EV, they buy another EV from me, but I have not told them, hey, your charging requirements that you have are not going to be adequate, they're going to be upset sure. and they're going to come back to me and say, hey, you didn't, you know, yes. let me know. So there's a... There's a lot of things that you you should be training your your sales force on in in this aspect of the delivery side, right? Is asking those key questions, maybe not up front, but at the end to say, hey, if I'm making a recommendation, it's maybe worth spending the extra few dollars to invest or upgrade your 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 charger because of future needs. Makes sense. Yeah, and you know, asking those couple of key questions may may take maybe 15, 20 minutes max out of of your time, but they'll pay dividends in the long run. Sure. Right? It'll be a good experience, right? More likely to come back, all the things that, you know, yeah, they're exactly. working so hard to achieve. Yeah. Take a step back and think about the the delivery experience. So traditionally, you go to the dealer, you, you buy a vehicle, you get the car with the full tank of gas. Now, if the car's been, an EV's been sitting on the lot for 45, 50 days. Got to top it off at least, right? Exactly. <laughs> Are there requirements that the OEM has now? 
that every customer should have a fully charged vehicle upon delivery. Great point from a compliance uh, standpoint, exactly. or right, there will be standards associated with that you for know, sure. So there's all these things that are, are, are in play that dealers have not had to think about in the past that yeah. now play an important role in the whole grand scheme of things, right? Absolutely. The fact is, you need to, you, you get, if you're going to sell electric vehicles, you got to charge them. Yeah. And that's why all of this is so relevant. There are some dealer groups that have embraced this early on and, and are leading the way, and they're seeing early results. And now that there's some volume, some real volume, and people see that this is catching on, it's, it's paying dividends. And that early adopter, they're going to be set for a while, right? And they, the, these, th- these moves they're making now, like we're talking about, are cementing their position, and they'll, they'll have pretty good runway, right, to take advantage of that. So, I mean, what would you say to dealers as far as yeah, get, exactly. getting in the game? I mean, here, you know, it's it's not a wait-and-see approach. It's it's more of a first-mover advantage because, let's be honest, it's not only car dealerships that are looking at EV chargers. It's that 300-unit apartment complex owner that's right next door to you that if 10% of the residents have EVs, that's 30 chargers Good that they point. potentially Hospitals, need. a lot Hospitals, of other places. Exactly. And you're competing. These dealers are competing for those same resources. Correct. Time to- so if you're first to market, potentially you could make a deal with the apartment complex owner. Say, hey, your residents can charge at X amount of rate off hours when I'm not using my chargers and still kind of recoup back that investment that you just laid down for those charges right that's an, that's an interesting point as we kind of review what we talked about making preparation now contacting your electric company and looking at sources uh, making sure that you're talking to your oem and making sure you're keeping your focus on the future what are some of those simple next steps that, that we recommend that dealers would take yeah so if i was a dealer i would start formulating a plan now right just doing simple calculations of how many chargers do i plan to invest in you know what what's the average time that those chargers are actually going to be used Used and what are my current electricity rates? I have at least some tangible information that I can speak intelligently to with the electric provider, right? right? And then also start digging into my OEM network and start asking the questions about, you know, what what type of chargers do you recommend? What's the average time that these vehicles are going to be charging? And then also, I think the last thing is that this is not a wait and see approach. It's happening. It will happen sooner than people think. So I would want to be on the forefront of that rather than scrambling at the very end and not having any options of providing power to my vehicles. Excellent. Thank you, Neelish. That was really helpful information. We appreciate your time very much. Thanks again for having me, Victor. It's It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to F&I Talk Outside the Box. If you want to get in touch with us to let us know how we impacted your business or to ask questions for us to answer on the podcast, don't hesitate to email us at trainingservices at efgusa.com. We'd love to hear from you. And EFG Production.